Thank God for grandchildren. They're even more fun. Then when you get great-grandchildren, they're even more fun, but you can't climb around on the floor and run around after them. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell some of the things I used to have the kids do, but I won't. wouldn't believe it. Okay. You know, put in prayer. Okay. Today's the 5th of May. May. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks for this day. We thank you, Lord. We're alive to sing your praise. Yes. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us grace, Father God, to go out, Father God, to reach the loss. Thank you, Lord, that we have the zeal and the composure, Father God, and the courage to go forth to do your works. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's go to the nugget this morning. It's almost like last week's. You remember what last week's was? Oh, really? I threw a curveball on you there, didn't I? I'll bet mistake. Does. The only real mistake. From one we learned nothing. Okay, whatever. I've got another one that goes along with it. Are you ready? You don't know it? I just write them. (laughs) The greatest of faults. You see how this is going to tie in. The greatest of faults is to be conscious of none. Uh, That's a good one. The greatest of faults is to be conscious of none. See? They go together. Okay. We'll get started. You got that one written down so you didn't lose it this time? It's okay if you forget them, but do you do them? Okay, well. Be doers of the word, not only hearers only. Okay. Uh, This past Thursday, May 2nd, millions of People were called to pray in observance of the annual National Day of Prayer. Okay, I mean, we're across our land, people are praying. Uh, this tradition um, predates the founding of our nation. The Continental Congress uh, made a proclamation in 1775, way back when, uh, that they were going to set a day aside for prayer for the nation. That's pretty wild. And it wasn't until uh, later in the 50s that they chose the uh, second day, uh, second uh, Thursday. No, the first Thursday of May to have National Day of Prayer. Uh, so one day of prayer for the nation is not enough. Uh, the reality is that today our nation is in desperate need of a continuous prayer every day of the year. We are on slippery slopes. It's all too often that we turn to prayer as our last resort instead of our first response. Okay. Prayer is the essential link to God. Prayer is the essential link to God. With prayer, we contact God. We find fellowship with God. We acquire 
the necessary insight and inspiration and strength to do any task that is required of us. So that's why we need to have prayer. Okay. What has happened to our nation? To cause it to be overrun with wickedness and evil, perverted darkness. Turn with me to the Isaiah chapter 59. That's Isaiah chapter 59. We're going to be doing maybe a little mini-series on prayer, I think. We need to brush up on it. At least I do. Isaiah chapter 59. And looking at verse 16. God is speaking. That's Isaiah 59, 16. And he saw that there was, that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arms brought for salvation unto him and his righteousness, it sustained him. There's that. nobody out there. Read that the Amplified. The Amplified reads, and he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor, no one to intervene on the behalf of truth and right. Wow. Therefore his own arm brought him victory, and his own righteousness, having the spirit without measure, sustained him. But God was looking, and there was nobody there here on earth to do prayer or intercede. That's heavy. As Christians, we have allowed God to be removed and stripped away from our, our society here in the United States and giving man full preeminence over God. Whatever man says, if it trumps God, hey, it's good because we don't want to be political correct. We can't have prayer in school because if they pray, something might happen. We can't have the Ten Commandments in school because if they read it, they might follow it. So that's some sick thinking from our uh, predecessors. And, and as Christians, we didn't. Part of my generation did not uh, stop it. We allowed it to fall, fall through. If there had been an intercessor, God would have brought deliverance without, uh, brought deliverance. Without the intercessor, uh, judgments came down. So let's look at some of the judgments that came down on Israel because of their lack of intercession. Can in Ezekiel I, chapter 22. Can I read a little bit in this? Okay, she's going to read a little bit more. Because I, I just don't like to pick a scripture out. Of, you know what I mean? And I'd like to look at this, and let's, let's, let's look at verse 13 of this, before 59.13. Rebellion against the denying the Lord, turning away from following our gods, speaking oppression and revolt, con conceiving in and muttering and moaning from their heart words of falsehood. Justice is turned away backward, and righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with God stands far off. For truth has fallen in the streets, the city's forum, and uprightness cannot enter the courts of justice. Boy, this is where we're at right now, isn't it? Yes, truth is lacking, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no justice. And he saw that there was no man and wondered, and there was no intercessor, no one to intervene on behalf of truth and right. Therefore, his own arm brought him victory, and his own righteousness, having the spirit without measure, sustained him. For the Lord put on righteousness as a breastplate 
or coat of mail, of, of mail, and salvation as a helmet upon his head, put on garments of vengeance for clothing, and was clad with zeal, a furious divine jealousy as a cloak. According as their deeds deserved, so will he repay wrath to his adversaries, recompense is to his enemies on the foreign lands and coastlands, he will make compensation. So as a result of the Messiah's intervention, they shall reverently fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun where the enemy shall come like a flood. The spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him and put him to flight for he will come like a rushing stream which the breath of the Lord drives. He shall come as the redeemer of Zion and to those in Jacob, Israel, who turn from transgression, says the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant or league with them, says the Lord, my spirit, who is upon you and who writes the law of God inwardly on the heart. And my words, which I have put in your mouth, shall not be part out of your mouth, out of the mouths of your, of your true spiritual children and out of the mouths of your children's children says the Lord and henceforth and forever. Hallelujah. This all came because God could not find anybody to pray. And he goes on to talk about what the Messiah would do, what, what would come upon the land. We're in it now and we have got to take the spirit of God. The scripture that keeps going through my mind is the... Um, Oh gosh, the zeal of God has consumed me. The zeal of God has consumed me. You, know, you might want to meditate on that and, and speak it out of your mouth. The zeal of God has consumed me. When you start speaking that, it builds up boldness and it builds up power and the anointing in you. Has the zeal of God consumed you? If it, if it, when it does... Prayer will just start coming out in places and, and situations that, that you'll see turned around, no matter what it looks like. You know, nothing, right now, sometimes you're, you, you, you look at people and it looks like there's nothing there. And you have to push on beyond, beyond that and, and say, the zeal of God has consumed us, this church. It's consumed us. We need to all say that. The zeal of God has consumed me. Say it with me. If you believe that, the zeal of God has consumed me. One more time, that was so weak. The zeal of God has consumed me. You know, he has sent us to go forth and set the captives free. Amen? And if we don't believe it, if we don't believe it, you know, when... This is what happens, and it's what the Lord was showing me when we sat down. And Pastor, I know he doesn't mind me saying this. Many of you have had prayers that seemingly did not get answered. And so you stopped at that point. You've got to drop that off and move on. Stop it and move on. Because you don't, you know, so many times when we pray for somebody or something, their will is involved in this. And they might not want what you are praying. And if they don't, something could happen. And then you're the one that's left holding the bag saying, well, why? And then the enemy, once that why comes in your mind or why comes out, then the enemy has a field day until you look at him and say, shut up. I'm not going to listen to it anymore. I'm moving on. 
for the zeal of God has consumed me. It's burning in my soul. Burning. Hallelujah. You know, let it burn. Let him, let him have free will. If there's a prayer that wasn't answered, the enemy comes on you and says it was your fault, you didn't do enough, whatever, that's a lie. If, if you are in that spot and you didn't do enough, all you have to do is stand on 1 John 1, 9 and move on. People are stuck right now and they need to be unstuck. And so prayer unsticks you. Amen. Let's go for it. Okay, in Ezekiel chapter 22, we're going to see some of the judgment that came down upon the people because of lack of prayer. Mm -hmm. That's Ezekiel chapter 22, looking at verses 30 and 31. And I sought for a man among them that should make up a hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Therefore I poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own ways have I recompense upon their heads, saith the Lord God. Wow, that is heavy. That is something else. Oh, now turn back with me to Isaiah chapter 64. That's Isaiah chapter 64. And we'll look at verse 7. That's Isaiah chapter 64, looking at verse 7. And there is none that call upon thy name that stirs himself up to take hold of thee. For thou hast hid thy face from us and hath consumed us because of our iniquities. I'll read that from the Amplified. That's verse 7 of uh, Isaiah 64. Uh, and no one calls on your name and awakens and bestirs himself to take up and keep hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the consuming power of our iniquities. That's some heavy stuff. We're talking about prayer. Prayer life. Prayer in life. Uh, God rules the world and the church through the yeah. prayers of his people. Once again, God rules the world and the church through the prayers of his people. You've got something to do here. We've got something to do here. Look at 2 Chronicles. Familiar scripture, but let's look at it in this context. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7. And I'll read that one, one more time. I just made a statement. God rules the world and the church through the prayers of his people. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people which are called by my, my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. So until we... Get a hold of God through prayer and communication and leave our wickedness behind. Um, we're going to have problems. And our, our nation is going through problems. If there was any, ever a time when God's elect, the children of God, should cry out day and night, for this nation anyway, 
and even the world, it's the right timing. The timing is now that we need to pray. Not just on May 2nd, but every day. Okay. Turn with me now to the book of Psalms. We're going to jump all over the place on prayer here. Psalms chapter 115. That's Psalms 115. Wake up on the, out there on, the, on this one. Psalms 115, looking at verse 16. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's. The heavens are the Lord's. But the earth hath he given unto the children of men. The earth is ours. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, he said... Let them have dominion over all bow of the earth so forth. So we're supposed to have dominion here. He entrusts his people in making blessings known. And we are to be partakers of it. He tells us how to get the blessings and then he tells us be partakers of it. He says, choose life. Choose this. Choose this, and you get life. Don't choose this, because it's going to go death, lead to death. And what have we done? Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> I see you're all enthroned out there about what, what's going on about prayer so far. So with that, let's go to 2 Kings chapter <coughs> 6. In 2 Kings chapter 6, we need this to happen. At least for some of us, if not all. That's Second Kings chapter six. Second Kings chapter six, looking at verse seventeen. And Elisha prayed, Lord, I pray you, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes, and he saw and beheld the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire about Elijah. And when the Syrian, verses, uh, let's go to verse 20. And it came to pass when they were coming to Samaria that Elijah said, Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw, and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. So we need to have the Lord open our eyes what's going on in our country, and pray. Amen. We just can't be just lackadaisical about it. You know, well, come see, come saw, or whatever that thing is. Que whatever that song was. We need to get alive and pray. He says, that if my people will what? Pray. Humble themselves. Prayer is difficult for most Christians. We need to have the mystery of prayer revealed and reinforced into our being. One would expect that we would want to cultivate prayer, the power for the glory of God. 
Amen. Yet for many Christians, their focus has faded from the kingdom of God to the pleasures of worldly allurements. Thus we have become self-centered, weak-minded, and we have become lukewarm for the things of God. You know, I don't want to interrupt you here. Go ahead. Where you need? You know, as I was sitting here, pastor's teaching on this, I thought about the disciples. Never once does it say when Jesus would go off to pray that they would go to him and say, can I go pray with you? It's amazing to me because they saw the miracles. They saw the healings. They heard the word, the, the multitude of people. They saw demons cast out, but never once do I remember anybody ever saying, I mean, he took them up to that, to the um, Mount of Transfiguration that he took them. They didn't ask to go, but never once. I mean, to me, that's amazing. Yeah, they, did, they did once. When was that? Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray, and that's, yeah, but what I'm saying is they didn't, when he would go off, you know, to pray for the night, never once did they say, you know what, I, can, can, I, can I just go with you instead of getting in the boat? what I'm trying to say. Can I just, can I, can I come with you instead of getting into the boat? And that's why when the Garden of Gethsemane came, they couldn't pray that. When he went to him and said, can't you even pray an hour with me? They couldn't do it. You know, prayer is something that is caught. It is taught, but it is caught. And when you get around a praying person, that anointing just comes on you and makes you desire it. But never, yeah, they said, teach us to pray. And he gave them our Father, which art in heaven. But that's an old covenant prayer. I mean, it's good for today. But never once did they want to go with him and see, how do you pray? What do you do when you pray, Jesus? I mean, he'd pray, and he'd come down, and all these miracles would take place. I mean, I'd, I would think that one of them would have said, hey, I want to go with you to see what you do up there so I can come down with you. And I really, truly believe if there had been that desire, if he had felt that desire, he would have said, come with me and teach this to you. And that's, that's where I truly believe he's at right now. Because Joshua, every time Moses went... Joshua was outside the tent when the power of God was in that tent. He wanted, he, he wanted to be a part. He wanted, he wanted that overflow to come on him, and it did. So just think about that. Never once did they, when he took off to go pray, did they say, can we go with you? It's amazing to me. Okay. Give you some history again. We're talking about our, our, our nation. Our country has experienced two great revivals. In 1734, the first great awakening, they call it the great, great awakening, was sparked out in America by young people in a small church that was in Massachusetts. And the fire of revival spread across the colonies. 
And that fire in the col uh, colonies lasted almost 60 years. How many? Whoa! 60? 60 years of revival. People got turned on to God. But of course, then you had the skeptics came in and they, they tore it away. Our second great awakening took place nearly a century later in the 1800s. Not only did it bring multitudes into the relationship with Jesus Christ, but brought social causes to the forefront, like the abolition of slavery, dueling, that's where people get mad at one another and will go out there and sword fight or shoot one another, um, women's suffrage and prison, prison reform. Thank God. Uh, Charles Finney was part of that movement uh, that mobilized thousands of Christians to deal with the, the, pressing, uh, the pressing social problems. Wow, that's some heavy stuff, so that's what can happen when revival strikes. Now the question is, will there be a third great awakening before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ in our land? Let's turn to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. We're going to, while we're in this, get into the Azusa Street revivals and things. No, we, we're not there. On this I mean, one. It, not, not here, one. but. During this, there is so much out there that to be learned. We're still ta we're I I'm talking about that. the third great great awakening, and we haven't really had it where the nation is completely changed. Yeah. For a time. So in James chapter five, looking at verse sixteen, we we'll read the whole thing, but it's the latter part that we want to look at. Confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. James declares that the effectiveness of people's praying changes things, okay? We need to understand that it is not only, we need to understand that it is not only in a time of need that prayers must be sent up, but the whole work is to be done and carried out through the spirit of prayer. So whatever, whatever your challenge is, you need to get in the spirit of prayer over it to change the situation. Prayers, listen to this, prayer governs the conduct. Prayer governs conduct. And conduct makes character. Prayer governs Amen. conduct. And conduct makes character. Conduct is what we do. Character is what we are. Conduct is the outward life. Character is the unseen life, okay? Character is the state of your heart. And conduct is your outward expression of it. Okay? The more we pray, the better we will be. I don't know if I ran any, anybody's toes, but mine got sore. What are we 
What are we with God's gauges of influence? Can we influence God? How, do we, how does God gauge us? I think he looks at us through prayer. You look at all, of, all the men and women of, of God, they had faith, but they prayed. We have to be like James, old camel knees himself. I said that James was so, so much into prayer that his knees became like, so callous like a, like a camel's. And that's, it's kind of unsightly for the ladies, but. I could, I will, you know, to be honest with you, my husband was in prayer all the time. He looked like a camel. That's fine with me. <laughs> We cannot talk to God strongly, intimately, and confidently unless we are living for Him faithfully and truly. So that, that's prayer. Right character and conduct gives us a peculiar and preferential standing before God. Jeremiah. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33. Verse 3. Look at the preferential treatment here. Jeremiah 33, chapter 33, and verse 3. Call upon me, and I will answer thee. That's prayer. When you know God. And show thee great and mighty things that thou, which thou knowest not. Reading it from the Amplified, that's Jeremiah 33 and verse 3. Call upon me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things, fenced in and hidden, which you do not know. Do not distinguish and recognize. Have knowledge and understand. He's going to reveal it to us. Wow. That's preferential treatment. So how can we develop our prayer life to be more meaningful? I just listed five things down. You might uh, add more to it. Let's go to Romans chapter 6. Let's go to the New Testament. In Romans chapter 6. you have anything there yet? No, I'll, I'll end that with this. How do we develop our prayer life to be more meaningful? Romans chapter 6, looking at verse 11. Likewise, reckon ye yourselves also uh, yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. We need to stop thinking about ourselves and think about the Lord Jesus and what he wants us to do. And the only way you're going to do that, find that out, is read the word and through prayer. Have that commu daily communication with him. Amen? Amen? Consider yourself dead to sin and, you could say, the, uh, you know, we're alive unto God. We need to be that. Okay? Let's now turn to Psalms 24. Second thing. In Psalms chapter 24. Psalms chapter 24, we will look at verses 3 and 4. Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord, or who can, shall stand in his holy place? Verse 4. 
He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. Wow. I'll read the chapter, uh, verse 4 from the Amplified. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted himself up to falsehood, or to what is false, nor sworn deceitfully. We need to have clean, uh, a clean appearance before the Lord. And that means make yourself prepared to go into the throne room of grace. Amen. To get into the throne room of grace, you, you've got to be clean. And prayer is the only way you're going to get that way. Amen. Because there's a Okay, let's go to the third thing. Let's go to the chapter, uh, pardon me, Ephesians chapter 5. Third thing that we need to do. Ephesians chapter 5. Oops, I think I made a mistake. I made a mistake someplace. Filled with the Spirit. 18. Okay. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. We need to be filled with the Spirit. Glory to God. You've got to know the Holy Spirit. And to get to know the Holy Spirit, you need to pray daily. Amen. And what type of praying is the Holy Spirit best used for? Your tongues. Because he will reveal things to you through your nature, what you have there. Okay, well, he says, And do not get drunk with wine, but for that is debauchery, but ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, offering praise with voices and instruments and making melody with all your heart to the Lord. And at, at all times and for everything, give thanks in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Father. Be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. You know, he tells you right here, he tells you what to do, how to do it, and what, we are, what we're supposed to do. You know, if you speak to each other in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, back and forth, you know, I have a friend and that's what we do. And, and you come out of that, that time that you've spent together uplifted just totally uplifted and or you know so many times when we go to bed that's what we do with each other we talk about the word talk about you know whatever we both read our bibles when we go to bed before we go to sleep and we talk about what we're reading that is so important to share that with one another that way you you can oh, how can i put this you can you grow that way and you bounce off each other you, that's so important to have someone that you can do that with. 
I'll tell you, walk in a person's bedroom and you'll find out what, you'll, you'll, if you go in a person's bedroom, and I don't go checking out bedrooms, but you can, you can really see where that person's at. Are there books? Are there study books? Are there Bibles? Are there, are there prayer books? Is there a healing book there? What's in there? You know what I mean? Because we have two Siamese cats. They're getting old. I think Max is 22 right now or something like that. And it, it, it's a joke around our house. The first thing in the morning and the last thing at the night. And if you ever had a Siamese cat, you know what I'm talking about. They are loud. And I would have to turn off my speaker. You hear this. It starts out low. And then it's this whole whatever. And it's last thing at night and the first thing in the morning you hear this because they want to eat you know what they don't shut up till you feed them who has who trained here you, you understand what I'm saying and so when we speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual song we'll find that we will not be putting one another down and we won't have that anger and strife and discord in our homes which is so important it's so important like i shared one time i asked the singles or i asked the whole church how many have been in strife and so many singles raised their hands and i said how can you be in strife when you don't have someone else in the house well you can get in strife with yourself how many know that so just think about that. And this, this, he tells you right here what we're supposed to do. Be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. Speak out to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Offering praise with voices. Hallelujah. When's the last time you praised somebody? Think about the how up. How often does negativity come out and how often does praise come out? You can tell how much you're in prayer by this. You can really tell how much prayer there is going out of you by the abundance of your mouth. It's true. Okay, the fourth thing that we need to do. Here we go. Romans chapter 8. Verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. So we need to be led by the Spirit. From the Amplified it says, so then those who are living the life of the flesh, catering to the appetites and impulses of the carnal nature, cannot please or satisfy God or be accepted by, well that's number eight, I'm sorry, that's a good one though. Uh, Verse 14, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So, glory to God. We need to be led by the Spirit. Well, I like 11 out of this whole thing. Yeah, if the Spirit who raised, of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he, he, has, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also restore to life your mortal, short-lived, perishable bodies through a Spirit who dwells in you. That means every time you pray and every time you speak forth, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. Something, something is taking place. Some big volcano is happening in you. And sooner or later, 
the zeal of God that has consumed you is going to come out. Amen. Amen. And for a final one, I, it may not be the final one, but for today it is. Um, turn to the book of Esther, chapter 4. That's Esther chapter 4. Esther chapter 4, and we're going to look, look at the very end of it, of verse 14. And who knows whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. We were born in this last generation before the coming of the Lord for such a time as this. We are to be Used of God, in other words. Highly motivated. That means we need, to have, we need to develop our prayer life. We can change not only our particular circumstances around us, that surround us in our daily jobs, and, but we can change this nation. If we go back to the first revival that took place in our nation, it was out of a small church. The young people prayed. How and it changed the nation for 60 years. That means you have, they had to be on fire. They had to be praying daily. Not for just themselves, but for... Those 13 colonies. We don't have 13 colonies. We have 50 states that can be changed. Amen. Can I share something, though? Go for it. Can't be changed if out of your mouth one minute you're praying something positive over it, and the next, month, the next minute you're complaining. It can't, I mean, you're, you're, how many things are nullified? Serious. You pray this, and then next thing you're saying it's not happening. I'm, I'm talking to all of us. I have ten things we can do. Ten things? You've got yep. more ten. You got. They're fast. Okay, number six. Okay, go for it. You ready? Okay. Give it number six. I'm writing Okay, here you go. You can have the desires of your heart. Psalms 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Hallelujah. Two or seven, whatever we are, seven. You can witness in power. Acts 1, 8. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. And you can witness with boldness, for you have the Holy Spirit in your life. Hallelujah. Three. Four. Eight. Eight. You can love others. Love one another as I have loved you, John 13, 34. Nine. You can cast out demons. Jesus said that signs will follow those who believe in him. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Mark 16, 17, and 18. Hallelujah. 
You have the power in you to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Hallelujah. Number what? Ten? You can do all things through Christ. In Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. These, I'm just giving you some things that you can pray. God, I thank you in the name of Jesus that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You build yourself up. And that means, God, Father God, today as I go forth into this world, I am going to do, I can do all things through you who strengthens me. And I am been called to set the captives free. Amen. You can have divine wisdom. 11. 1 Corinthians 1.30. Is this 11? Um, but of him you are in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto wisdom. Hallelujah. 12. You can possess healing and health. Proverbs 4.20. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for their life unto those that find them, and healing and health to all their flesh. You know, the Bible says in James, as you pray for someone, you will get healed. Amen? Hallelujah. 13. You can have boldness. Proverbs 28.1. The righteous are bold as a lion. You can be as bold as a lion, for you have been made the righteousness with his righteousness. And that's Romans 10.10 and 2 Corinthians 5.21. When the enemy tries to tell you that you aren't righteous and you're, you're, you're coming against that in prayer, you need to come with, at him with the scripture and ram it down his throat. You know, you need to, we need to come to the place where we believe the scripture and we are ready to go forth with the sword of the spirit and the word of God and move it forward. Amen? What number am I on? 14. Go on next, 15. 15. You can do great exploits of faith. Daniel 11.32 The people that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Hallelujah. And this is the next one. You can enjoy all things that per pertain both to life and godliness according to the divine power that has been given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, 2 Peter 1, 3. Hallelujah. These are things that have been given. They're already yours. They're yours. Thank God. As you take the word and you receive them and you pray them out, you know, some of you might have parents or relatives that are not serving God at this point. These are things you want to pray over them. Hallelujah. But if they can't see it in you, how in the world are they going to see it in them? If you don't have any joy, you know, if, if the glory of God is not coming through you. And, you know, one thing the world is looking for are, are people that are joyful. All it needs is one smile. So next week, anybody smiling in here? <laughs> That's an order. Smile. You know, if you don't smile, you get these lines that go down. If you smile, at least they go up, right? I'd rather have up ones than down ones, because then it, then it goes into this. <laughs> then it goes to the turkey neck. <laughs>
okay? So think about that. It's easier to smile. Got it. There you go. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay. I think you got something out of that. I hope believing you got something out of that that you'll pick up on your prayer life. Intercession. We'll be looking at uh, prayer again next week, I believe. Till we get a little bit more uh, familiar where we should be, what we should be doing, and not just vaguely doing a few things. Let's uh, hit the target, not just use a shotgun. Yeah. We will be starting Women's Prayer again. I'm going to start it once a month, and I believe it's on that calendar that you have. And what day is it? Is it Monday the Monday the twentieth? So, ladies, prayer is caught and taught. So we need to be out here praying. You know, when we had National Day of Prayer, and I thought everybody, every day in this country needs to be a National Day of Prayer. Let me tell you. Every day better be now. Hallelujah. You want to go to the back now? Close. Okay. Whatever you want. Well, whatever you want. You can close and I'll go to the back. Okay. Praise God. I know he likes to greet everybody, and some of you run out before he ever gets there. Did you get to, did you get to greet so and so? No, they ran out. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, God, I just thank you for the privilege that we have to pray. You know, it's a privilege. If you ever want to read some good books, read Watchman Knees. They cut his tongue out because they didn't want to hear him anymore. And then he wrote so much. It's powerful. It's, um, you've got to be a genius almost to read his books, but if you're in that category and you like reading his books, I mean, they, it, will in, it will stimulate faith in you that will, is so powerful. So that's for the geniuses out there. Father, I thank you. I praise you. I glorify your name. You're all geniuses. For this week, I thank you, Father God, that we are calling in the blessings. We thank you, Father God. Your word says you load us down daily with benefits. We thank you, Father God, that the anointing has already destroyed the yoke of bondage and that greater are you that's in us than he that's in the world. So, God, I just pray blessings upon this people this morning and we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>